And what better way to start off the podcast than having none other than Schaefer Bates as the first guest. Schaefer is an unbelievably talented impressionist. He's a good friend of mine. We've worked together before. We've had great fun making content together over the last few years. Uh, we met each other four years ago, I believe. It was in Cork, Keen Toomey and Emily's apartment in Cork. Um, so yeah, thank you to Keen and Emily Fleur for bringing the two of us together, myself and Schaefer. We talk about his past, how he started doing impressions, his work with the Game of Thrones impressions, the, the work that kind of shot him to another level. He does The Walking Dead, Peaky Blinders, so many impressions, his Gordon Ramsay videos. This is a great podcast. This, this is two mates having a good chat for an hour and 15 minutes. I hope you enjoy it. Sit back, relax, have a good time. Welcome to the Impressionable Hour with Al Thorne, episode one, Schaefer Bates. Have a good one. And we're live. We're live. Welcome to the first episode of the Impressionable Hour with Al Thorne. And I'm delighted to be joined. Delighted to be joined by my pal, my fellow comrade, Schaefer Bates, the legendary <laughs> impressionist himself. You should have uh, you should have introduced that as Joe Rogan three, two, one. <laughs> How you no, doing? Ta- I mean, I wish I could talk for ten minutes about sponsors. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day, mate. One day, we'll get there. Listen, how are you feeling? Um, you tested positive for the coronavirus on yeah. Sunday. Um, chlamydia and hiv are there as well but we'll put them on the back burner <laughs> yeah no i feel i feel good mate a little bit tight chested but i yeah. think i'm all uh as I saying to you earlier on i think i'm all but but over it now yeah. i just uh i i was one of the people when it i should say when it was first talked about i was like i was buying into the whole ah it's just flu more people die yeah. of flu and then they had that um epidemiologist on joe rogan who said it's no good saying that because it's just just started um so you know when i got told the other day that i've got it i was like oh shit yeah i believe Uh, he said he was uh, like a detective on viruses that's what he he proclaimed himself as so yeah he literally goes to war with them every day um but no i i feel fine um i think i've had all the worst symptoms um but um i i feel great so i don't think i'm gonna die just yet unfortunately for the people who don't like my content (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah what well, like like one person two people that's it pal uh, everyone a, everyone likes your content there's a there's a couple of handful of people with football crests and yeah. LU, lufc <laughs> 1969 in their twitter alias and <laughs> they believe in edl and get the immigrants out oh um, we, we we get them everywhere we get in dublin i get them too oh great well do you know what it's, it's I, i'm not going to go to war with the, the irish demographic because i love ireland it's, it's a great place but yeah. if I if I ever get any any shit on my videos, I'll go to their profile and it usually says like Mac uh Mac L U F C or Mac M U F C seventy-nine from Dublin. So it's some, it's some lad from Dublin who's like, hey, this is shit. Well I get a, I get a lot of shit from Liverpool fans because I'm I'm an outspoken Manchester United fan on my Twitter. A lot of people know that. Um and it's mainly Liverpool fans. A lot of Liverpool fans from Dublin, not all of them, yeah. that give me a ton of shit on my content. How can they give you 
Like, it's confusing me. I don't know how, number one, they can give you shit on your content. You do impressions, same as I do. Like, imagine hating someone, right? This is what I try like trying to work out quantum fucking physics. How, imagine hating someone for doing a voice of someone else. Yeah, it's well, not it's- like, but even with your Man United tweets, it's not even like you're going scummy Liverpool, Scousers. No. Rob. You're just I- going, this is what I feel like the team is, and this is where I feel it's not progressing. And it's like people are going out of their way like to come into your house and insult yeah. your brand new carpet you've put down. And then you say to them, well, fucking get your shoes off my carpet. And then they kick off a fuss. They're in your house insulting your carpet. Get out. And then, they're... oh, I don't get it. Well, I never, I see, I never focus, I don't focus on Liverpool now as a United fan because yeah. Liverpool are in a class of their own. Uh-huh. They're, I think, nearly 40 points ahead of Man United at, at the table. And uh-huh. they're all loving it now. I've had mates that have supported Liverpool since school and yeah. you know they they've struggled for years they've had me in their ear laughing at yeah. them every year because they haven't won the premier league i think they've had everyone in their ear laughing at them so, and, and i'd say let let them have that little bit of success you know <laughs> let them have it but even when you say it like that even then i see it like, a little, a little con- <laughs> come on come and win your title you deserve well, it you're a newcastle fan yeah, so I've got a sort of affinity to Liverpool. Uh, in my family, you read that there's like my one uncle's a Man United fan. My granddad uh, was from Newcastle, so I was yeah. a tsunami fan because of him. And then all the other uncles are, are Liverpool fans. But yeah, I'm a <clears throat> Newcastle fan through and through. I'd say I've only sort of really, I really got into him in the, over the last eight or nine years. Uh, yeah. I watched him a lot as a kid. And then, uh, you know, Alan Shearer, Les Ferdinand. Um, all yeah. them days. Um, but yeah. The mate, world I, record for Shearer in 97. Transfer record. It's sad. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> Where they are now. Well, not bad, but it's just like, uh, I just don't, I, I don't, uh, I don't think Steve Bruce is going to, is going to do much with that I think, team. I, well, I actually think he came, he came into the job under a lot of scrutiny. Uh-huh. Um, from yourself as well, because you do a very good Steve Bruce impression. <laughs> yeah. yeah well you know I'm, uh, I'm very happy with the way we're playing we're parking 10 players behind the ball and leaving Joe Linton on his own oh he's um, look I, I like him as a person and I'm sure you yeah. will because he's, he's ex-United but I, I just think um, I don't know he's only started playing to the strengths of the players in the last four or five games after people have said look this isn't working mm. Isaac Hayden literally came up to him off the side of the pitch going this isn't working so yeah. I think he started playing a um, he started playing a 4-3-2-1 or something and now you've got Almiron on the score sheet Maximum on the score sheet Joe yeah. Linton He's not scoring, but he's assisting. Um, yeah, he started playing to like Almiron has come into his own now. Like he's he's scored in the last five or six games, I think. I think some of them were FA Cup. Yeah, but he's confident now. He looks like a yeah. He looks he, good. You've always been an admirer of him as well. Yeah, I think Almiron. He's good. Remember when they signed Almiron and yeah, he had you quite excited. I think it's just because he's a workhorse, mate. I think he just. I don't, I don't mm. care what team you come from. If you're putting a shift in for the team, it's like. Uh, Patrick Vieira said about um, St. Maximum, he said he's lazy defensively. He's, he's not. He's been great for Newcastle, tracking mm. back. Uh, Almiron just runs and runs and runs and runs. And there was a mm. point where I thought, Man United need a player like that until Bruno Fernandes came in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, you know my stance with Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. I, I think there's no need to have Paul Pogba in that team when Bruno <sighs> Fernandes is there and 
he clearly no. has a better attitude than Paul Pogba. And I know us United fans are so divided over Paul <clears> Pogba. <throat> there's, yeah. there's, there's one group that thinks that Paul Pogba hasn't got the best attitude and maybe it is best for him to, to leave the club. Yeah. And then there's, a, there's another side that appreciate Pogba and bring up his statistics from last season that he scored 13 goals and I think he got nine assists. Yeah, yeah. You know? But is that, if he plays alongside Bruno Fernandes, for example, is, is, is it going to be a clash of an ego then? Is it going to be like, well, I've got to uh, do something better than him? Because as far as I'm concerned, Bruno at the moment, when you watch him on the ball, he's so calm and composed. Yeah. And it's, it's therapeutic to watch. Well, I don't even get frustrated with Bruno <laughs> Fernandes when he loses the ball because yeah. I know he's going to chase back uh-huh. and, and, and retrieve it. Yeah, in in any way possible, yeah. like that, that's that's the kind of player he is. He he's a hard working player. Uh-huh. Um, he brings a bit of quality to the team. It, it's kind of like and and Paul Scholes said it. Um, he's and my my own brother said it as well. He's kind of brought this. It's it's kind of like when Cantona signed. Yeah, yeah. In, um, in ninety two from Leeds. Now, obviously, that team was far better than this team right now. But yeah. it's it's that it has that same effect on the team. Uh-huh. It's like he's lifted so many other players. Yeah, the, it's know? nice to see you all laughing and smiling when you score goals again. It's I know, like, yeah. It all looks good. Like he's, he, everyone looks great since he's been on the pitch, and he's not afraid to try and dink a ball over a back four or a back mm. five. And, and people, and then his players actually running onto it now. Yeah. He's made Fred look good again, and I was a big fan of Fred. Yeah, United, and Fred actually looks decent again now. Yeah, but th- well, that's. <laughs> What people are proposing, if if Pogba is to stay, um, it's Bruno in the number ten role and Pogba and Fred sitting deep behind them. Yeah, you know, and it, potentially that could be um, a world class midfield three. It would be, yeah. But you have be. you also have McTominay there, and Matic has actually started performing again uh-huh. since, since um, at the start of Christmas. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. Look, listen. My my view on Pogba is he's um, he's a world class player, unbelievable ability. Uh, pro- probably in terms of ability, he's probably the best midfielder in the world. Like Just a, saying, yeah. ability, yeah, physicality, passing, shooting. He has every single attribute to his game. Yeah, is he is he consistent with it? No, that's my view on yeah. Pogba. That's interesting. That is, I. I... I, I think he's an all-round good midfield. I, I, I always think like his agent has a big influence on his attitude. Massively. Um, but, but then, didn't Fergie get rid of him a couple of years ago? Uh, Fergie got rid of him because of the agent, Mina Raiola. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, there we yeah. are then. So um, is he, Fergie, yeah. Fergie called him, I think he called him a wanker in a press conference. <laughs> he, goes, he, goes, he, said, I li-, he says, I like Pogba. Well, I like Pogba. Great player. I don't like his agent. Absolute wanker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's what was said. Ballsy man. Ballsy. Yeah. Oh, he. Yeah. He's the very definition of ballsy. Yeah. But um, no. Like I, I've always found you to be a pleasant person to talk to about football. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, a bit like that. <laughs> but I no. Know. But but you're pleasant to talk to about it. There's no. There's no. Uh, like everyone's. <laughs> Football is such an aggressive medium. Everyone yeah, it is, just yeah. wants to get angry about it. Everyone wants to compare stats. Everyone wants to just uh, harp on about this and that, you know? Yeah, yeah. For me, like, it is literally, you'll start to see me get a bit wound up towards the end of the season, um, which I'm sort of glad that I think this season's going to be yeah. non void because even though I think Newcastle were going to finish maybe 11th, 12th, which is all right, 
um, for the team. Yeah, I, I, I feel I felt them slipping down the the, the table again. So you'll find in the last sort of eight games of the season, um, I I start getting a bit. Yeah, I do get a bit passionate and do because usually I'm like, of course, if it's like, yeah. Uh, if it's December, January, and we've lost two or three games in the row, it's Newcastle, right? Which I, mm. horrible to say. But um, I'll go, okay, really, we should look at this next game and just move on to the next game. And I'm, I'm usually quite nonchalant about it, but when it gets to the last eight games... Um, and It's business you know, time. Yeah, and then you've got... Uh, I remember last season uh, with Rafa Benitez and we were beating Liverpool, um, actually all over Liverpool in the uh, last part of the season. Um, yeah. I think Zayosi Perez scored one or two, as it was Solomon Rondon. Yeah. It ended up being 3-2 to Liverpool. We were all over Liverpool. And I was like... Yeah. This is we're going to be the first team to beat them here. This I, remember, is... I remember that game. Yeah, they were all over them. Just made them look mm. silly. And um, and this, uh, everyone was celebrating because Newcastle yeah. win. And it was underdogs as well. It wasn't just because yeah. oh, nobody wanted Liverpool to win the league. I didn't mind. I'm like, you know, we've got Rafa Benitez as a sort of like allegiance to each other for that. Yeah. And this, this Liverpool fan <laughs> <laughs> come over. When they, when they, it was 2 all, and then I think it was Salah scored and made it 3-2, I think. Might have been wrong. And he came over and he went, yes, in front of a table of all group of lads, like that, all of us, and smashed all our drinks <laughs> like that. And I was like, I could just feel the cogs going in my brain. I'm thinking, you fucking arsehole. Didn't do anything though. What, what can you do? You get up and lamp him and someone films it and then it's like, oh, yeah. no Where brand deals for you. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that was one of the painful things about watching Liverpool, seeing them go 1-0, 2-0 down. And then in the 80th minute, like they mount this incredible comeback. And it was like a flashback to when I watched my own team do that like 10 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's a credit to Klopp uh-huh. for, what yeah. he's, for what he's built, you know. Uh-huh. And I think uh, Ferguson said it as well when um, Klopp came in in 2015. He said, I'm worried about this, this lot now. With this guy, uh-huh. with this guy in, I am very worried about this lot. The thing is, the board were patient with him as well. Like, uh, yeah. I think if you compare the stats of of Ole and Klopp, Ole's stats haven't been that much different. Or they were better when he first came in the, uh, than Jurgen Klopp's because Jurgen was, yeah. was didn't have results when he first came in. They were patient with him. I think a lot of problem nowadays is it's natural for people to go, "All oh, right, he's not." We're ten, fifteen games in, he hadn't done anything. Get rid of him. Yeah, get rid of him, uh, and it's just a bit like you don't see anything built. Yeah, there. there's no like sort of swan songs or love stories with football because they're yeah. just getting rid of players. Well, it's a massive sense of impatience because it's at the end of the day, it's a, it's a money business football. Yeah, yeah. you know, course, all you yeah. all you have to do is look at transfer fees and players' wages. Yeah, and see that you know, unreal. Absolutely. It is unreal. But look, I wanted to speak to you about how this all started for you. Like uh-huh. how, like how how you've got to to here. Like you've you've done so much in your career so far, and so much ahead of you as well. Yeah. Like how yeah. how did this all begin for you? Um, honestly, mate, I think I've always wanted to be always wanted to be an actor really since I was a kid. Mm. Always wanted to. My dad's always been quite. Uh, I wouldn't say thespian because he's 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 hard as fuck. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> he's always been, you know. He, theatrical I guess I always yeah. want to be the centre of attention um, I just I've, I've always been a movie buff mate cult classics everything I've just I, I've always been fascinated by it yeah. and I, I just honestly to pinpoint where it all started I think I, obviously you know I'm a, a, obsessed 
with uh, Robin Williams. He's my freaking yeah. idol. I think he's the king of improv. I've never seen anyone who can make such sort of impartially, even just bland jokes, but his energy yeah. makes funny. He was, he was just great. I just love the fact that he could come in and say anything and just his, his brain was, you know, like a quantum computer. It was, it was yeah. And uh, I just, I don't know, mate. I think um, it was Facebook, I think, that launched me. I just did Family Guy impressions. Mm. And they were obviously, everyone loved Family Guy back in the day. Yeah. A couple of, I did like, Four or five Family Guy impressions, and people were like, "Oh, that's good." And yeah, it was good. You know, maybe I'll put a video up. This was 2012, I think, when yeah. social media wasn't really. Like, obviously, it was it was prevalent, but it wasn't like you wouldn't put in content out. It wasn't just YouTube. Yeah, I did Family Guy impressions on my personal profile, and it got like a thousand likes, I think. Which back then in 2012 Huge. was like, "Wow, viral!" Wow, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and then I started YouTube then, and I did this video called Guy Does a Real Clickbaity Title. And considering I knew nothing about sort of uh, being a creator, yeah. I did a clickbaity title. It was 2013. Guy Does Awesome Impression in over five minutes, right? But that was the first video I saw. Yeah. None I of those saw you on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, none of them were awesome. <laughs> and it certainly wasn't over five minutes. It was more like six. But um, <laughs> I mean, the video looked like it was recorded with a toaster. And I just saw, I, I just. <laughs> Went off the top of my dome, didn't practice any of them, just went, oh, these are characters I know, I just want to feel like I'm going to yeah. like them. Recorded them on a PlayStation 2 iToy that was connected to Wow. My- <laughs> yeah, my mum's basement, literally my mum's basement. That's not cliche, I lived in my mum's basement. Oh, Christ, I went to sleep, and then all of a sudden it's a million views, and I'm like, a million oh views God. in 2012 is like, you're, yeah. you're like internet famous then. And then I kept pushing it and kept going with it. Hmm. And started getting into writing as the years come by. And then you start obviously get producers ringing you up then and going, oh, we can, you know, you, you're yeah. talented. Let's get you on this, that and the other. And then Jimmy Kimmel. And then it just all snowballed from there. Yeah, but, um, yeah man, I'd probably say that's how it started. Just, just did well, to try it and did it. Well, the whole thing with, with Jimmy Kimmel as well, and that's what I wanted to, to get into. Um, you've covered so many like TV shows and film franchises. Film. And, 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 and <laughs> <laughs> look up. You're fucking Irish. <laughs> you've covered them so well. I mean, I think you started with The Walking Dead. Yeah, and, that's right, yeah. And the big one, obviously, was, was Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. And now you're doing Peaky Blinders. Vikings, like you, yeah. Vikings. It's every TV show that has become like extremely popular. Yeah, with audiences worldwide, you've covered and you've covered like I'd say eight on average, eight <clears> to ten <throat> characters. Well, a Game of Thrones, yeah. I think you do about thirty, but like yeah. <laughs> you've covered so many characters in those TV shows, and yeah. it's a genius move. It really is. I've you know, I've always uh, admired that. I've always like, I've always thought to myself, you know, the next TV show that'll be on the big one. I know Schaefer's going to be covering so many of those characters. Yeah. You know? If they're impressionable. I, I, I think for me, I just try and, I try and keep things uh, as pop culture as possible. Like with, with you do, you've got, a, like you've got a fantastic mix in yours as well. But I think the, the, the genius of what you do is because you do all the cult classic Hollywood actors so good. Yeah. Uh, like Robert De Niro, Pesci, yeah. uh, even like Woody Harrelson, <clears throat> which is my favorite impression you do. Like, thank you. You keep them alive, essentially. <laughs> like you do. Yeah. Like you got to remember, like when, like they're still alive now, and they're incredible actors, and they're still churning out movies. Yeah. When they die, like it's it's almost like Jamie Costa when he did Robin Williams. Like, there's a lot of people who are like, we come into you because you're keeping the a sort of memory alive with doing yeah. their impressions. Um, 
but yeah, like I, with the pop culture stuff, I just try and jump on TV shows because it's like, if the show's good, like Game of Thrones, well, mm. from last season, uh, um, The Walking yeah, Dead, which has gone really good now. Um, yeah. I, I do, you know, I, I do try and jump on them, but some stuff just doesn't work. You know, it is people go on. Mm. Um, can you do uh, so and so from what's that show? Uh, Ozark. 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 Yeah, like I don't know how. What, what's his name? Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. Yeah, I don't know how he's going to sound. I don't know. Like some people are just impressionable. Ideally, I, I'm probably. I probably say my forte is doing characters, um, actors who are playing a character uh, rather than actors themselves. Yeah, um, I think most of my impressions of just actors are, are fucking average. <laughs> I've got no, well, the characters I've run away just, with. Just put out a McConaughey <laughs> video the other day. And it was like listening oh, yeah, to, sure. to to him go on about his his rambling kind of. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what he was, speaks about these days. Hey, I I literally improv that, and it was. I think I went to a dark place <laughs> talking about making love to animals. If you're Matthew McConaughey, I'm like nobody commented on that. They just went, "Oh, good, nice." But uh, yeah, yeah. Man. No, I I do try and uh, I try and keep things as pop culture as possible. And then when people say things like, and you'll know this, oh, do Simon Cowell, do Banton Dak. It's like no, do I don't. X do X Factor voice guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rachel and oh. oh wow, and it's even the same now when people go do Family Guy. Like I know it is still sort of pop culture, but yeah, I, you know, it could be worse. I could be you know doing. No, <laughs> I'm going to be doing impressions of people who just nobody knows or they're dead. Or this is, you know. I don't know. We won't go into that. But, but we talk about Game of Thrones and Game of Thrones is a cultural phenomenon. It's one uh-huh. of the biggest forms of entertainment that I have ever seen in my entire life. And the most watched show in history? Yeah. And easy. most pirated, I think, as well. And most pirated. Like, <coughs> you jumped on that and it just went yeah. for you. Uh-huh. It was huge. And my personal favorite is your Jorah Mormons. That's always been. Uh, I see. <laughs> Day 45 in the friend zone. I, you know, I haven't done that in, since the show ended because oh. I said the show ends because it was such a big part of my life and it really was. Like I yeah. said to my housemate last night, I said, like, that really blew me up, Game of Thrones. Like, it yeah. was a part of my life between, you know, I only got into the show in about uh, in 2014. The show came out 2011. Yeah in college um and um yeah it re- you know G- I, how many people can say i've been on jimmy kimmel even though it's amazing um and it really blew me up that did yeah. and, and and i do owe a lot to the show and i am friends with a couple of the cast members and and i owe a lot to them as well because mm. they've always you know thrown things out but it became much like the actors because i was doing it so much game of thrones people mm. have flocked to my channel every season um you know, and you're never known as Schaefer, you're a Jon Snow guy, or that guy who does Game yeah. of Thrones impressions, or that guy who does Game of Thrones accents. <laughs> yeah. That's a funny one. Um, <clears throat> I think what happened was sort of that I, I went down the same route almost as the cast. Because you've been doing it for so long, Yeah, people only know you as that. So I got stuck with doing Game of Thrones. I was putting yeah. out other content, like the Gordon Ramsay stuff, which thank God is blowing up now. Yeah, um, putting all other stuff out, putting all other <clears> sketches, <throat> and people were just going, "Oh, we want Game of Thrones," and it was the same as you know, a couple of cast members. They they've been doing it since 2011. They want to move on. Like, imagine how hard it is for Kit Harrington to break the mold of being Jon Snow. Um, yeah. So I I I said when that show ended, I wouldn't do any more. 
uh, Game of Thrones in prep. They, they're really subtly in some of my videos, but I actually haven't really done them since. So yeah. doing a Jorah moment for me then is like, <laughs> so, oh, here we are. We're back in. Uh... Well, there'll be, there'll be a chance to revisit it again, possibly when there's a prequel show with HBO about Robert's Rebellion or, or whatever they, 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 they want to do it. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it's, they want. Some, somewhere down the line, you know. They're doing a House of Fire, aren't they? A House of Blood and Fire. I believe um, so, yeah. 300 years before the events of Game of Thrones, which is yeah. about the Targaryens. But that's uh, going to have George R.R. Martin on board, so thank that's, you. Good. That's about Aegon the Conqueror, isn't it? That's the one. Because they, yeah. they scrapped um, The Long Night because they did a pilot with Naomi... Uh, is Naomi Watts? Naomi Watts, yeah. Uh, they scrapped that. They binned it all. Yeah, which is quite strange. I mean, I... Uh, you know, no offense to the cat. The cast looked amazing because that's what one thing the ga- uh, the HP, uh, sort of Game of Thrones series does is they cast new actors. Like Kit Harington mm. was nobody. Like Amelia Clark, yeah. they're all just found on spotlight, which I love that. So they find new talent. But um, with that that long night, I just don't think anyone wants to know about five thousand years before the events of Game of Thrones. No. Well, I, mean, I think I, I think the massive appeal is a Robert's Rebellion. Yeah, Pe- people want to see that. Ah, you know. Yeah. That people are so curious. Oh, who are they going to cast as Rhaegar Targaryen? What's his character going to be like? You know, who would you who would you cast as Rhaegar? Because I have I have an actor who I'd cast for uh, Rob, and I have an actor who I cast for Rhaegar. Um, I just at the top of my head there, I just thought of one guy. Um, he played the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. That is it. Dan Stevens is that his name? I'm not sure. I can't remember. He'd be a he'd be a good Rhaegar Targaryen. Yeah. But if but if if they were to get a big budget and cast a big name, they I think they would. Yeah. What about Rob? Who would you cast as as, as Robert? Robert Baratheon. I, I heard a a rumor that Tom Hardy was in yeah. line to play that part, and then a young Ned Stark as well. I don't know who you cast for that. You'd actually, do you know what? I would cast three like heavyweight actors, three big actors to play the yeah. part of Ned, Robert, and um, Rhaegar. I'd uh, yeah, I'd have I'd have Tom Hardy as Rob. I'd have Tom Hiddleston as Rhaegar. I was thinking that as well. Yeah, I think he'd be a really good Rhaegar. He's got mm. that sort of elven sort of look that I know yeah. isn't elves in Game of Thrones, but it's kind of that high, you know, pointy jaw, like that yeah. sort of bony face. Um, as for Ned, I I don't know. I, I don't know what you could do because I just think the guy who played young Ned was fantastic. He was very good, wasn't he? Yeah, he was really really good. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to have someone to play such a like Ned is such a it's a condensed role, you know. Yeah. It's there's not much personality to him because because yeah. of how honourable he is as a character. Yeah, you know? he's, he, I, I honestly couldn't think. I mean, I, maybe Jack O'Connell, but I don't know if he he'd facially represent yeah. Ned Stark very well. So I, I don't know. I don't know. You could. I don't know. You Either could, way, it would be interesting. And like. It might it bring Sean Bean back in and use the Marvel de aging. Yeah, <laughs> what, do the Irishman did. Just de age him a bit. Just deep take yeah, him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, it would be interesting. But th- that's the thing. It could be a feature film as well because yeah. of how big Game of Thrones has become. Yeah, it could do. Topics. I mean, well, The Walking Dead have done, haven't they? They're, they're doing a feature film with that Andrew Lincoln. Oh, yeah. They are, aren't they? Is this film after Rick is... I'm not sure. Left, See, I've, I've been watching the, la- the, uh, the latter part of this season and they've got Angela Kang in now who's producing it and she has yeah. single-handedly turned that show around. And the show is so good now. Oh, well I'll, well, I'll have to revisit it, absolutely. 
is so good now. She's really <clears> turned it around and like, you know, like uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan, he's, he's incredible now. Like he's yeah. my favorite on there. He's, it's just brilliant. They turned it right round. He, I actually, I enjoyed him as the comedian in Watchmen. Watchmen, yeah. I yeah, it's it. a small part. Uh, did you watch the series? No, I didn't, no. The series is incredible. He's, he's, he is good. He's a good actor, very it's, good actor. It's, it's batshit insane. Wants to talk as well about, like you talk about Jimmy Kimmel, mm-hmm. you know, and you talk about Game of Thrones. Like, would Kimmel be probably one of the, the, the best moments of your career or so far? Or is there anything else that stands out? Yeah, I, I'd probably say so. Um, you know, there's, I, I yeah. mean, meet, meeting the Game of Thrones cast and, and, and uh, you know, when I was a nobody and them going, you, you're shape for baits. I absolutely love what you're doing, mate. And, yeah. But not even laughing, being really sincere and, and, yeah. and serious and shaking my hand and going, you've done an incredible job there. Like, well yeah. done. That's um, amazing. I, and, and, you know, and, and having some of their numbers on my phone now and, you know, still chatting to yeah. them, messaging them, saying, how, how are you doing? Like, yeah. Um, but Jimmy Kimmel, definitely. I mean, the American demographic is fantastic. Um, I've always said yeah. the end goal for me is to play my own character in Disney, Pixar, whatever. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, have people impersonating the characters that I do one day. Um, and, yeah. and I just think that American audience is just, they're so, it's their culture, everything. They just love it. They lap up everything. Yeah. When you're British and you're doing, um, you know, Game of Thrones impressions, and they, they love it. And I just, but, uh, like the American fan base, I just owe them a lot. They're incredible. Like, I love the, the British, the Irish, uh, like the, mm. the, all the uh, Australian fan base have got incredible, but the Americans just, uh, they're just on the ball. They just, anything you do, they love it. So I say Jimmy Kimmel was... Uh, my, yeah, my greatest sort of Yeah, achievement. I always am, um, and I said this to you as well, time and time again, I always wondered, would, would you and Kit have done a video together? Oh, John yeah. Snow and John Snow, you know? It's, it's weird, mate, because I still think that could happen. Like, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's still a possibility that that um, could happen. And I, I have the idea of writing something in. I mean, no, I, I was supposed to do something with HBO where I interviewed the cast towards the end of the season. Uh, I couldn't make it, though. Um, and Kit wasn't there. He's, he's like the top of knees. Like, so he's, he's all over yeah. the shop. Um, but um, I, I like the idea of doing a sketch with him where he, I'm trying to force... John Snow, the character, me doing the impression of him <laughs> down his throat, and he just doesn't want anything to do with it, and he's been really dismissive. <laughs> but um, you know, there's a chance of that. But he he's he's quite a reserved guy, I think. He's, he's yeah, likes he lives up in Ipswich, I think. He just in, out in the country, just very yeah. But well, I think I think as well, and which is unfortunate, the pressure of yeah. playing that role actually got to him, and I think it got to him in a sense, and especially in the last season. Because people expected, and this is a spoiler for people who haven't watched Game of Thrones, um, people expected John to be the ultimate winner of everything. That that was what, you know, yeah, the, the predictable destiny of of how Game of Thrones yeah. was going to end. He was going to uh-huh. sit on the Iron Throne. He was going to be the 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 man to kill the Night King, and that's what people predicted. And there was a sense of foreshadowing with, uh-huh. with Jon Snow and the Night yeah. King as well, which I just found really surprising. Uh, but I think there was also foreshadowing with, with Arya as well, who eventually ended up killing the Night King. So I think that pressure was on him, the actor himself, while yeah. all of while the episodes were airing. And I don't think he left his house or anything. And it really no. it affected it affected him mentally. 
Well, he had to go into rehab, I think, from what, yeah. I, from what I heard. And then uh, I think towards the end of production of season eight, remember there was that video of him in that dive bar in New York and he was really, really, yeah. really drunk. And I'm not fair fucks to him. He probably doesn't get the chance to, um, to, to go out and drink. And, you know, a yeah. lot of them didn't experience their childhood or their 20s going out and, and, and getting drunk with their mates and socialising. Yeah. So, like uh, Maisie Williams who played Aria, for example, I think she's from Bristol originally. Now, Bristol's really well known for its like drum and bass and partying scene. And it's like, it's very, yeah. the, the musical culture there is probably the biggest in the UK. Yeah. She didn't probably get any chance to do any of that. To, to experience any of that, no. Um, so it must have been hard for a lot of them because it's, you know, but um, in regards to the show, like, yeah, I, I think it's, it's 50-50. It's probably, like, yeah, there's a lot of weight on my shoulders and I've only had about 10 lines to say in the entirety of season eight because he doesn't really say much. No. And then the other half of it is, wow, like all these faces and people I've met uh, and I've been up to some of the sets in Belfast. Mm. Uh, and uh, Castle Ward and stuff like that. I just think it's stunning. There's something about being around those sets and that part of the mm. world that's like, I just felt like uh, sort of butterflies in my stomach. So you imagine you're leaving that after, what, 11 years as well must be must be pretty tough because yeah. I don't think he's doing it. He's good. What's he doing next? Marvel, The Eternals? He's, I believe he's the lead role in The yeah. Eternals. And um, Richard Madden is yeah. playing one of the villains, which is great. That's brilliant. I love to see yeah. that. Stars, you know, stars, yeah. it's it's a great thing to see. And Richard Madden has, you know, made fantastic strides since, since he left Game of Thrones. One. When did he go out? Season four? Three? It was three, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's crazy because the cast have all done different things. Like, uh, who's the guy, who, Jack Gleason, who played Joffrey? Like, he's quit acting. Quit it, yeah. Doesn't do it. Uh, he's a very intelligent guy. I think he's gone off to study... He's, he was studying in Trinity College in Dublin. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he was studying. Uh, he's he's an incredible actor. Yeah, he's in, he, he was in uh, the Dark Knight, wasn't he? I mean, if if for a for a lad at that age to convince you know millions of people that he's a little shithead, shithead, and, yeah. and you just want to hate him, that's that's amazing acting. He, yeah, that's he's incredible. like you know, he really from, hated his character. Oh, massively! Like, and he played it so he played it so well, down to a T, like. He had problems with people actually hating him, though. Right? That must be difficult. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah. You know, and that's that's kind of like as well. It kind of reminds me of the soaps. You know, like EastEnders or Coronation oh, yeah. Street. Like, there's there's a soap in in Ireland called Fair City, uh-huh. which is unbelievably popular. And my grandmother, God rest her soul, like she she used to watch it all the time. You know, and she like would watch it. There'd be three or four episodes a week, and she would make sure that she was sitting down at whatever eight o'clock to watch it. And my auntie and uncle were friends of one of the cast members and he did something in the show. And she went up to him, Alan was his name, she said, you, 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 you are very bold for doing that now. You are very bold. You shouldn't have done that. You, know, <laughs> you shouldn't have done that to that poor fella. <laughs> but it's like... You know, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I'd imagine they were a lot more aggressive towards um, Jack Leeson. Oh, yeah, I know. Which, it's crazy, man. It's a TV show, though. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I know. It's, it takes it back to what we do. We just do impressions and people can be... You get assholes who say things to me in the street. It's not like I'm... What, what yeah. I'm playing either a fictional character yeah. um, who, who's saying things that he'd never say. It's outlandish. <laughs> That's the yeah. idea. It's, it's parody. And people are going, can't believe you said that as Matthew McConaughey. 
I can't, I can't believe you said that. What was the other one as well? I remember someone said to me, I can't believe that you'd do uh, racist jokes as Donald Trump. I was going, well, they're not jokes. I'm parodying him. He said some pretty racist things. I'm yeah. not saying, I'm repeating what he's saying and turning mm. it into, uh, into humour. I'm, I'm ta- the only person who should be offended by that is Donald Trump, me taking the piss out of him. Well, that's essentially it. Um, yeah, that's, that's Trump's whole yeah. spiel. You know, I can't believe you'd say that. Have you seen what he's doing? I'm just you know, what he's saying for fuck's sake. Are you, are you going to do a Donald Trump impression where you're completely politically correct? Yeah. <laughs> People will like watch that and go, okay, what the hell is that? You know? Yeah. You're parodying the character in a sense. That's, that's, what, that's the, what the character yeah. repeats and says uh, all the time. People, uh, you can't legislate stupidity though, mate. No, like, absolutely not. But I wanted to go into as well, 2016, first yeah. time I met this, wow. this beautiful gentleman here um, in Cork, of all places. Uh, you, oh, were down, yeah. you, you were down with Mr. Keane Toomey oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, and Emily. And um, I, was, I was down in Cork <coughs> uh, on RTE Radio 1, for the Joe Duffy show, for everyone who knows that in Ireland and England, it's like the big daytime radio show. And yeah. he, does, he does a, a sketch-based uh, show every month called Fun uh-huh. Friday. And uh, I, you were down in Cork, and conveniently, I was down there too. So after that show finished, I um, text Kane, knocked up to the apartment, and we met for the first time. Yeah, that I was it, yeah. Within 40 to 45 minutes, we started recording our first ever video together that's right yeah. uh, Keen had the pad and he had each impression it went two impressionists meet and but he didn't he didn't tell us he just said what impressions can you do and we said yes. and then he we just had to go off the cuff with that off the cuff went, with it completely <clears throat> and then I think that's when we were kind of like fuck and I I searched that video last night on, on uni lad who didn't tag us in the caption <laughs> thanks uni lads well they're gone now <laughs> only in the comments they're gone yeah only in the comments they tagged us. And we still got a few followers from it. But that video, well, I don't know what, it, what the views are on the other uh, platforms, but that has 38.5 million views. Unreal. Lad. Unreal. And that was our first video together. Uh-huh. Do you know what's funny about that is, <laughs> that's, how many, when was 2016? Because I'm dyslexic with maths. Four years ago. Four years ago, right? In four years, we've done three videos together. <laughs> <laughs> video yeah. Is, uh, yeah, but but there'd be too much saturation. Imagine if we did, you know. I know, but uh, we. I've always said like, um, I, I. There's not many people I collaborate with other impressionists. I don't. Um, I'm very yeah. much. Uh, we're sort of like Rob Brydon, Steve Coogan. It's, it's only obviously we're very good friends as well. But I, yeah, I'd, out of all impressionists, I I'd always. Like we've even said when we with like work, I pitch you for something. So we like mm. you know, Al's the man, or any any time I do any you know um, a production for any TV. And likewise, yeah. Like Al, get Al in, get Al. Yeah, because um, we bounce off each other well, and um, mm. some you know some some people like my humour is quite crass and fucking abrasive, and <laughs> and then you balance that out perfectly as well with yours because it's kind of like. Like anytime you do Joe Pesci, so it was, I just think we, everything we do just seems to anything we have done has done well. Yeah. They've always always done well, so it's just it'd be perfect, mate, if they could just stick us on Saturday Night Live in America. It would, it would be it would be absolutely ideal. 
I mean, it would be. And, and any time we have got together, we've, we've filmed content together and it's, it's always done well. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and it's, it's this whole thing, you know, uh, me and you have always been, we've always had a firm belief that two of our kind working together just creates pure magic. And yeah, man. Like those videos are the proof. You know, that was, rec- that was recorded on an iPhone. I know well, exactly. None of them were like high production. We just went, oh, should we do this? I remember that. Yeah. Um, well, no, I was going to say, I, I've always said about you, what, what, what's lucky about our partnership is that when we first met, it wasn't like, oh, what impressions you do? Oh, I do Christopher Walken. Oh, I do Christopher Walken. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I do Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I do Matthew McConaughey. It's like, yeah. I do Matthew McConaughey. You do Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Uh, I do Christopher Walken. You do Joe Pesci. Like all, a lot <laughs> of our characters, a lot of... Um, the actors we play of just so just so happens we do the opposite and they start each uh, next to each other in yeah and stuff like that um so we've never really clashed although i i, I find it funny i was saying to you before that there's impressionists out there because i i've always said i don't i try not to class myself as an impressionist i don't know what it is because i've always said I'm, i've always been a voice actor first and i think when i yeah. myself as an impressionist i lost um the passion for voice acting and I've got that back now. But anyway, that's another story. Yeah. It makes me laugh when uh, you, you, you do an impression of someone and, uh, and there's other impressionists who are known for doing this character and they're like indirectly tweeting about you. Oh, why is he doing my, my characters? Like they own Matthew McConaughey. Or <laughs> yeah. They own, uh, I'm not going to name this person, but uh, anytime I do a character that they're known for doing, uh, they get really, yeah. really pissed off as if that person belongs to them. I learned Gordon Ramsay from you. I've always said this. Right, you know, like I've learned McGregor from yours. It's, it's, not, yeah. it's not a great McGregor, <laughs> but, it's, um, but I, 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 picked, it, I, I didn't learn it from McGregor. I've learned it off you because you said Yeah, but it's get, like that, that, your McGregor is improving constantly. I remember you got you got drunk once in the bar in in uh, in, <laughs> in Cardiff in Lab Twenty Two, and you went and yeah and anyone who's watching over Al is the if you meet him in person the loveliest person he's too lovely I'm like the de- I'm like the devil on his shoulder I am the one who's like, gonna be a bit of a cunt sometimes and uh, <clears throat> we just sat at the bar like that we, was like, I don't know it was like it must be midnight <laughs> this is Gavis gone but it's my prop for whiskey we just sat at the bar like that and you went. Schaefer, you, you're a very good impressionist, but that Conor McGregor is <laughs> it's fucking shite. You're like, <laughs> I went, <laughs> I thought if anyone else said that, you get offended. I just went, yeah, you know, this, this man is the best, does the best Conor McGregor on the planet <laughs> telling me it's shit. I'm going to listen to it. And you went, and I remember saying that, and I've always said, <laughs> I think that's why I improved it and just listened because I'm like, right, okay. I'll, I'll. <laughs> I remember the next day, I think I remember saying it to you and you were like, no, no, I didn't. No, Schaefer, I didn't say that. I was like, <laughs> you were like I don't know if you said the Conor Grail, you went, your Dublin accent or something. You went, it's terrible, <laughs> And I went, yeah, I know it is, isn't it? I tell you what, um, when I had a dialect coach when... Um, in my days of uh, voice acting all the time and uh, working on my TV show Icon, which was a flop, um, they said that the Irish, because uh, Welsh is notoriously hard for people who aren't Welsh to do, because anytime people do Welsh, they go, hello, I am from Wales. Yeah. Like, well, you're not from Bangladesh or something, Jesus. Um, uh, but uh, I was told by my dialect coach, uh, uh, Ireland is notoriously hard, Irish, uh, especially around Dublin, because there's so many different dialects. Mm. 
um, so many different counties. Like, um, I, like, I can do Northern Irish and I can do Southern Irish, but then if someone goes, oh, do, do, uh, do Crumlin or do, um, where's that place in Ireland where my former manager was from? Black? Black Rock. Yeah. Hi, Schaefer. How are you? Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, but it's like I, anywhere else, I'm like. Ooh. But that's that that that's a D4 accent, so there'd be the D4 this accent. This is what I mean. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, Dublin Four is it's like the postcode. So yeah, it'd be Jesus. Dublin Four, and the, you know they're very much like that, and yeah. they speak like that. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then, and then you go up the road up the north side, and you know, they talk pretty much like that. Oh, really? How's it going? Come on now, and I, like, and then out you go another half an hour up the road. And then you're in, you know, County Loud. They talk like that. You know, it's, 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 so you're talking about a 60-minute distance, right? Three different accents. Uh, I mean, it's a bit like that in Wales. Like you go different parts of the valleys and you go, ah, oh, fuck it. Oh, but who are those fucking impressions? And then you go 20 minutes down the road to Cardiff and you've got boys talking like that. How's it going, mate? All right. And then you go half an hour up the roads, and then you've got Barry where they talk like that, which is like Cardiff for a bit more. <laughs> So it's all oh, what's a caring and all yeah. that. Man. It's um, it's it's madness. It really is. But I love the Irish. I love Ireland, man. I, I I've always said since uh, I went to Cork uh, to see Kean. I just think it, it's very much looks like Wales. Like, uh, mm. but there's something like untouched about the place. It's like um, I I don't know. I just feel like it's it's very fantasial. It's not even a word, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, I've always said I'd love to. I I. You know, I'd, I'd love to have a home there or retire there. Well, I've oh. always enjoyed going to, to Cardiff. Yeah. Well, you know, we've, uh, we've always had great fun there. The bars in Cardiff are, like, fantastic. I mean, really ironic that time, every time you've come out to Car- uh, Cardiff, there's always something going on. We went to London that one day. <laughs> there's nowhere to go! <laughs> there's nowhere to go! That's because London is, like, a feckin'... It's like it's like a map that Rockstar Games produced. It's huge. Oh, it's I too know. big. Everything is sprawled out. Whereas Cardiff is just nice there, city, yeah. compact. Yes, absolutely. I gotta find that video of you having a breakdown with a burger in your mouth. Because there is nowhere <laughs> to go. <laughs> That's uh, I actually have that as you know, I have that listed down there. I, I um those two days we spent in London, hottest days ever in L- London. Oh. <laughs> I'll never ever forget 30 it was a 32 degrees at um, 8 o'clock in the morning and me and you shared a bed because we stayed at my mates didn't we in Richmond in yeah we give bed. a shout out to George yeah George, George housed us George Bateman top and yeah. tail and Al did like sticky thighs uh, <laughs> yeah we were yeah. and um, we were only known each other a month <laughs> I know and he lived around the corner from um, Tom Hardy didn't he, he Remember, did, yeah, yeah. Really lovely part of London, Richmond. But we were just, looking out for Tom Hardy, weren't we? Yeah, I just remember you, you like this one morning. I was still, I was flying asleep <laughs> out with my eyes like that, and you just <laughs> like yeah, standing out the corner of the bed. Like, Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> I remember just how hot it was. And then we went, and then we went and did that live stream of uni lads, and I got fucking. We were steaming. We were. <laughs> I was sink, a bit more drunk than you. But. Big sweaty heads on <laughs> yeah. red face. All everything stuck to the side of my cheek. And we'd been drinking in Camden, I think, or something. We were, yeah. And then we just went straight in, popped in to go and do uh, uh, that live stream. Um, 
people telling us to do impressions and just ignoring them. <laughs> <laughs> that was an adventure, though. That Those was two uh, days where it was mental. Oh, well, it felt like I'd gone on a, br- a, a brilliant holiday. But listen, uh, when things go back to normal, we'll definitely have to um, look at really collaborating together. Getting oh, into the absolutely. UFC. I'll learn my mic biz thing. 100%. We'll do that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Obviously, I wanted to speak, speak to you about... I tell you what, actually, yeah. sorry to interject. The yeah. next McGregor fight that's in New York, which I missed because I didn't come to you last time because none of my mates wanted to go with me and I felt a bit nervous flying on my own. We'll do that. We'll go to the next 100, McGregor fight. 100%. Absolutely. Send location, you know. Send location. Madison Square yeah. Garden. I was in Madison Square Garden for the first UFC event where he beat Amazing Eddie Alvarez. Venue. Absolutely incredible venue. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, that performance, that was his, be- his great, well, I don't know, I mean, the Cerrone performance is definitely up there, but the, the Eddie I Alvarez. S- Alvarez is in his prime, so I'd say Alvarez. Alvarez mm. is doing all right, wasn't he? I mean, he was just technically incredible in that fight, McGregor, you know. Didn't even, didn't he even get hit, did he? No, he didn't I- even get hit. Uh, I like I like where he's going now. He's he's uh, congratulations yeah. on him finally acknowledging you. Uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, 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 you can have that one, you little what do you say, you little shite or something. He's I'll, I'll give you that one, Al. I'll give you that one, Al, you little bollocks. Your little bollocks. So I, I was I was very happy with that. <laughs> yeah, mate, I, but, I'm glad you and he followed you as well. I'm glad Ah, that. yeah, it was it was it was a great moment. I was delighted, you know. And then I realized, and, and then he commented, he goes, I appreciate the laughs, Al. Thanks so much. Yeah, he follows up and he never give, does that. Give the impression the rest, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's tracking me now on Twitter, he goes, yeah. in case I upload another McGregor one. Well, the thing is, it's, it's funny when you do impressions because it's like, <laughs> you're not taking the piss out of the person. You, you, you know, you're just acting yeah. as them, you, you know. But it is, it's nothing you can say to someone who actually does take the piss out of you in an impression. Yeah. Like, what can you do? What do you do? It doesn't sound like me, Al. It <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. He's doing great things now with the, you know, for, for the HSE yeah. health service in Ireland. Yeah. You know, he's, he's donating a lot of money and he's been very active on his Twitter about it, which is great. And it's great to see, you know. Um, he's, in, he's in a good place, I think, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you've seen him for the, the Cerrone fight. You know, he was in that focused frame of mind that he was in in 2015 yeah. and 2016. And when you have a Conor McGregor like that, it's a very exciting prospect. He's, 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 he's stupidly intelligent. Mm. I don't yeah. care what anyone says. He's a very, very, very intelligent man. You don't, mm. you don't end up, you know, that, that rich and famous from being thick unless you fly mm. Mayweather. But, um, but then you can be the best boxer of all time. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah he's, he's a very, very intelligent guy. Very intelligent fighter all around. Yeah, his, his IQ of combat sports in general like boxing is is amazing yeah you know it's it's very interesting to hear how he breaks down a fight you know even a fight yeah. he's not he's not involved in you know give him his stake at the ufc for fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it happens i wanted to speak to you um about a little something serious obviously you're you're mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of an advocate for for mental health and the well-being yeah. of of mental health and you always have been and it's it's always been a you know, it's 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 always been admirable as well and commendable, and I've always, you know, Thanks, something, man. it's uh, I've, uh, something I've a massive amount of respect for you. Uh huh. Or you know. Yeah. No. I. I 
it's close to home for me. I lost a good friend of mine to suicide, and yeah. um, I, I went through a phase in my life where I've, I, I must have said, I'm very open about it. I'm saying on True Geordie's podcast, um, I, I went through a time in my life where I computed in my head so many different ways of killing myself, and mm. um, and the, the and, and it's hard because mm. I convinced myself I was everything. I mental. I need to be sectioned, everything. Um, and mm. I wasn't saying it to anyone. I wasn't going around and acting on anything. I, my brain was just telling me it was intrusive thoughts. Mm. And there's people who go through that on a daily basis. And I, I say, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It's not, it's not nice. Yeah. Um, the byproduct of it is it does make me creative and I meet people like you and, and, I, and it mm. distracts me. I'm nowhere near in the same place I was five or six years ago. Nowhere near. Yeah. And people might go, Oh, is that is that down to financial success? Is it down to you know uh, getting a bit of uh, acknowledgement, reputation, fame? Uh, no, because that I was still depressed when that was going on. In mm. fact, I had a nervous breakdown about a year ago, uh, and and I was doing well. Um, mm. But all I'd say to anyone who's who constantly has these thoughts of they're not you know they're worthless and there's nothing's going to go well for them um, is if if I told you. Uh, not to think of a pink horse, Al. I guarantee a pink horse did flash in your brain at some point. Mm. If you say to yourself every day, I am worthless and, uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I can't get through this, mm. uh, you, your brain is, is going to think it. You, you've got to get out of that mindset. Even if you force feed it, your brain is a, a gland and it is powerful, but you can totally rewire your brain, totally rewire it. And just because you've had six, seven, eight bad years, um, you know, as I always say to people who, who, who say to me they feel suicidal, just think before you consider, you know, the damage that you're going to leave behind because I've seen mm. it firsthand. You are yet to have or experience the best day of your life. Mm. Um, and that's what people should think. I don't even know if I've had the best day of my life yet. And, and I always say, um, you know, when my friend passed, I, I'm sure in his last breath, uh, he thought, shit, what have I done? Um, your one instinct as a human is to survive. And I think you should always keep hold of that. And if you're feeling down, talk to someone about it. Yeah. It sounds very cliche, but it, it, to talk to someone about it, even if it's six months, you're like, I'm talking and nothing's changing. Just because you've had six months uh, of hell doesn't mean you're not progressing. Mm. It, it takes time. Your brain quite literally will rewire. There's no cure for anger. There's no cure for anxiety and depression. Um, <laughs> but... Um, but you will get through it and you will learn to live with it. And yeah. I, I, it makes me sad when I see people who are like, I feel worthless and, and, I, and I can't move on because you, you can. And a lot of it is, mm. I, I'm from a family of travelers, um, uh, boxers, travelers, military. Mm. Uh, I'm from a very hardened family. There's no time to be depressed or sad. Um, oh, get over it, man up. That was a lot of it. Um, mm. And now, you know, you see a lot of the blokes in the family in their 50s, 60s depressed and they're talking to me about it. Um, yeah. and I'm like, you know, a lot of it is, you know, people are too scared. Oh, it don't make it don't make you soft to mm. say to someone that's how I feel. I don't think there's a harder person than someone who's battling with themselves every day. Yeah. Um, so I think I just encourage people to fucking talk about it. Just, yeah. and just say to someone, if, if you're a burden on them, talk to someone else about it. Mm. If they think, oh God, here he goes again. Fuck them. They're not your well, friend. You know, from a positive standpoint, it's become a lot easier to, to talk about to talk yeah. about how, how you're feeling. You know, years ago it was, ah, Jesus, you know, yeah. this is annoying. Ah, what's he talking about? Ah, ah, he's grand, he's grand, he's grand. He's just a bit down, that's it. Yeah. You know, that's, and it was yeah. always brush it under the carpet, brush it under the carpet. 
you know. But now, yeah, keep brushing it under the carpet, and then it it, it builds up on you yeah. like a fucking benign tumor. So yeah, you know, and and and, and like that, the world the world progresses in both negative and positive ways. And I think with mental health, it's progressed in a very positive way, you yeah. know, where, where people can speak out and people, you know, can, people can be heard and people can get the, the necessary help that is needed. Yeah. Um, you know, That's it's, it's a massive, it's a massive thing in Ireland as well. It's, it always has been. And we've all, like, we've all had our bouts at mental health. I've had my bouts with mental health. Yeah. You yeah. know, we've all had, I've, I've, sp- I've openly spoken to you and I've said, I don't feel, I don't feel yeah. as if I'm as if I'm good enough at what I'm doing, Schaefer. Yeah, yeah you know, have, yeah. I, I've I've said to you, maybe I should maybe I should give it up and get another job. You know, I've I've said that on countless occasions where I've thought strangle you in your sleep if you did that. I think I, <laughs> I think I did threaten you. <laughs> I think you did. Yeah, you, you, you did. I'll, I'll smash <laughs> your fucking head in, by Don't you dare. You know, and, and I've had a reason about with, with 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 comments that I that I've read and yeah, that you got did, to yeah. me. You know. Where I said I was going to leave Facebook, and then two weeks later I come back, you know. But but it, it does. It, it can get to you, you know. Yeah. These hate, unfortunately, is such a prevalent thing in social media. Yeah. My God, it's everywhere, and you know, I I I, I thought I thought we we you know everyone could have learned from Caroline Flack, you know, yeah. which was so so sad, uh, you know what happened to that poor girl and you know and it looks like nobody's learned from it you know oh they fuck mate nobody's learned it's it was it's almost like it was a novelty yeah it is so dangerous well um, when i say no but i'm sure some people have you know there is there are compassionate people out there who probably realized you know ah, maybe i need to change a little bit but i i i don't think the majority of people have you know, have learned from it. And you always, the thing is with me, I see a, I see a pattern in the, the hate comments. I hate comments. I've always said to you, they don't, they don't bother me. Mm. Never have. I've always been Teflon to it. And the reason is that is because I'm quite analytical. I know the type of people who were, who, yeah. who insulted me. Um, I know exactly what they are. And I always wonder what's going on in their life for them to take, mm. the, you know, the time out of their day to insult <clears> you. It's like that old Ricky Gervais joke about, you know, someone puts a sign up in a, a town square saying guitar lessons and mm. someone comes in and goes, what's this guitar? Hello, are you doing guitar lessons? Yes. <laughs> I don't want any. It's like, okay, fine. It's not yeah. for you. Don't worry. Um, so when people <clears throat> go out of their way, I'm like, you're literally taking time out of your day to come and, and, and be pissed off at something that you didn't have to read. So I don't care. Mm. It's, um, and I'm sure you'll agree with this point. I think the biggest battle is self doubt in, your, in yourself. Uh, I've had times where I've said to you, I, I, I went through a phase where I strongly believed that people were um, t- telling me I was really good at what I do, but because they felt sorry for me. I truly believed that at one point. I was like, I'm actually not good at what I do. And I still <clears throat> self-deprecate and say I'm very average at what I do. I'm not going to be doing impressions forever. I, I'd like mm. to be, uh, uh, you know, Endgame is in Hollywood and people still laugh and scoff at that like they did when I first started doing YouTube. And when I said I, I wanted to get a million followers, did that in nine months, people mm. laughed and scoffed. Set yourself a goal anywhere you want to be. You'll, you'll do it as long as you're strong-willed. But I'm sure you'll agree the biggest battle is, is self is self yeah. It's, it's a bitch well absolutely I mean it is and I'm incredibly lo- you know I have you know, Alison is, has been my partner now for three years and we have Sophia who's one she's, she's a year old my god daughter I, you're good <laughs> <laughs> you got my 
but Alison has been a great support hub and I've had those conversations with Alison where I said Jesus am I good enough for this and she's she's reminded me and she's she said you know look what you've done look what you you know yeah exactly look what you've done so far because don't just don't give it up all for nothing you've worked so hard for it and I think as well if, if, if you get a sense of ambition and you want to work towards a goal it, yeah. that, that becomes a little easier yeah 100% you know? right and don't forget like well how long, truly does how long have you been doing it seven years at the same time as me and you seven eight years yeah well I, I did my first gig ten years ago yeah um, when I was 18 it was before my leaving cert which is the equivalent of the GCSEs uh-huh. in Ireland like three months before I was focusing more on this gig than studying for my <laughs> yeah yeah for my end of end of school exams priorities um but I remember doing that gig and I remember thinking to myself that, you know, I did 20 minutes of material that I had written out and then an hour of it because it was a local gig. So uh-huh. all my all my mates were there. An hour of it was pure improv, impersonating people who I know, yeah. impersonating teachers, giving out to those people who were in the audience, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's class. That's how, that's how it starts. So I was going to say, like... Just, just think. You've been doing it. I'd, I'd say, how long have you been doing the social media stuff? Six years, seven years. Um, yeah, properly, properly five to six yeah. years. Yeah, about the same in way. We both sort of come on the scene on Facebook at the same time. Yeah. Just think that is for me. You giving up would be such a waste of talent because that is just scratching mm. the surface. There, there are people like look at Lady Gaga, for example. It's taken her like 18 years to get to where she wants to be. So you imagine me yeah. having gone four or five years. That is absolutely nothing. That's just, yeah. There's a whole other audience out there. Like the fucking Tiger King videos I've done the other day. I've given yeah. another brand new audience now. There you go. It's um, another audience. You, you've, got to, you've got to imagine if you gave up, you'd <clears> given <throat> up on everything. There's a lot of people, um, uh, up and coming, you know, younger impressionists who look at you and go, you know, you're going to go down as, as a, you know, as an iconic impressionist. Um, so it'd just be such a fucking waste if you gave it mm. up. So don't ever give it up because I'll... Sure, I, I'll come after you. <laughs> but I as well, and that's, that, that's another thing about some of these young impressionists coming up. Like, they've watched our videos, uh-huh. you know, and that's... And that's terrible. That's blowing smoke out of our arses. <laughs> but that's kind of what they want to emulate. They want to, to be doing that in, in years to come. They want to be, yeah. you know, look at these two guys coming together. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of a thing. I put up, you've seen my tweet that I put up. Which one was that now? I put, I put it up yesterday. I mentioned every single impressionist. Oh, yeah. It was nice to see Zach Clayton on that list because he's, he's up and coming. He's, yeah, um... Absolutely, yeah. Well, I mentioned myself, yourself, Zach, uh, Steph Todd. You've seen, have you seen Steph Todd's work? I'm having a look. Oh, yeah, she's, um, is the girl, isn't it? Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's fantastic. I do follow her. She's brilliant. Um, Connor Moore, obviously Connor's killing it over in the USA with the golf impressions. Colin's brilliant. Um, Darren Farley. I said Colin then, Connor. Colin. <laughs> Colin Moore. Darren uh, Farley, yeah. Darren Farley. Uh, Darren Garrahy is an impressionist yeah. in Ireland. Joe Godet, who does the Schwarzenegger impression. I just, I thought to, I don't know, maybe it was stupid of me to send out a tweet. Maybe they're all looking at that like, look at this weirdo. I put Josh Berry down. Who Josh Berry's brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Josh he's, Berry and Sean Burke. He's uh Josh Josh Berry and Sean Burke have kind of done the same as I've had. They've tried to sort of distance themselves as I know Josh has. Yeah. Uh Josh um I was watching the 
happy hour podcast with him on and he said he, he learned to do Gordon Ramsay off me as well I'm like fucking don't learn off me we learn from you <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he done, he done one the other day that was was funny but there's a there's a there's a good few there's some decent impressionists out there man well that's uh, been my I, imagine if we were all on a live stream that'd be brilliant but then you know, the, these are testing yeah. times these are testing times for for everyone in the world right now and like we're very fortunate to have the platform that we have now uh-huh. and th- those guys have a massive platform imagine all of us together yeah There's in a lot one of e- stream some egos there mind yeah well uh, <laughs> yeah because <laughs> no, i think when impressions get together it's like ah, oh, i want to be the center of attention i'm very introverted with my impressions you know i am like when people come up to me in person i won't do it when people go do an impression i'm like yeah I'm like, no, no, no. Like you're going to tell a comedian, tell you a joke on the spot. That's what I was going to ask you, actually. What do you think the worst thing about being in your position is? You never get asked for a selfie, you get asked for a video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that the worst thing? Is when someone goes, do a video? I say yes to them because I'd be afraid in case they, you know. It's because you're, yeah, yeah. you're a little pussy owl. <laughs> they asked me, they asked me to do a McGregor and, I, I, you know, I'll do a McGregor. Something like I've had people come up to me and ask me to do the most obscure ones, and I'm like, oh, no problem at all. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think I got. What did I get one time? Butters South Park. I, I think yeah, I think I got Woody Harrelson one time, and I was over the moon. I Brendan Rogers. Oh yeah, was I one. Brendan. Only done Brendan Rogers once or twice. Well, you're a but I was walking through. It was in it was in um, Newcastle in December, and he asked me to do Brendan Rogers, and I was half thinking to myself. Does he think I'm Darren Farley? <laughs> oh, mate. Because da- Darren is the penultimate Brendan Rogers impersonator. And I was thinking, I've never put a Brendan Rogers impression up on my Twitter or my Instagram, maybe once on Facebook. It's funny you say that because for, uh, for a while in Cardiff and my mates run about this, people kept going up to me going, fucking hell, I thought you were Irish. What are you doing over here? And we were like, and for a while, we've been going... Oh, I've lived here my whole life, mate. Uh, for a while, I'm like, oh, is it because I've got a bit of an Irish look about me? Yeah. It turns out, my theory is that people actually think I'm you. Because they just go, <laughs> going to ask the guy who does impressions, and they go, yeah. oh, yeah, because I hope people go, oh, do, do that Conor McGregor impression <laughs> you. And like over in Wales, you do it and you're pissing, and you're like, shut your fucking mouth, yeah? They're like, yeah. That, oh, but that's fucking class. <laughs> but over in Ireland, they're like, nah, don't, don't do that again. <laughs> Well, they say, Schaefer, the, that Dublin accent is, it's fucking terrible. Uh, it's not. It's very good. It's, it's, come, it's come a long way <laughs> it's since your harsh critique. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Absolutely. Ironically, that but, was um, the night that my nervous breakdown started. Uh, is when you said that. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to just, I wanted to finish on. Yeah. I've always said this to you about doing live gigs. I know it's something that you're, you're, you're not really comfortable about. Uh-huh. You said it to me. Yeah. And I've always wanted to do something with you, a, yeah. live, a live show. Yeah. I honestly think once you do one, it, it'll be like, what? Well, I'm telling you, I'm just as a mate, I'm telling you now, <laughs> once you do that live gig, you'll be like, fucking hell, what was, uh, what was I doing it- all these years? It's a little story because yeah, I'll do it. I said, as long as I do it next to you, because I'm. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm always, I'm too socially anxious to do it on yeah, my own. Absolutely, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I've done 
<clears throat> I did a Q&A for the BBC about a year ago, uh, which wasn't involved in impressions. There's about 80 people there. I don't expect yeah. 10. And um, I just did a Q&A as myself. And I was yeah. just cracking off jokes as myself and people thought I was funny. But it was funny because a couple of months ago when I said to you, mate, I want to do uh, a duo stand-up with you. Mm. And you said, yeah, okay, well, let's, let's discuss it, it. Yeah. in the latter parts of the year, which is ironic now because we can't fucking do anything. Um, I went to, uh, <clears throat> I went out with my best mate on a Sunday to this bar called the Golden Cross, which is a gay bar in, uh, in Cardiff. His, mm. his, all his mates are gay, so he's been having a few pints. And they, uh, there was about 100 people in there and they were all doing, um, there was a drag queen on stage. They were raising money for the floods that happened in Wales. And I was in there hangover as fuck, just at the bar having a drink. Um, and uh, I, I heard, cut the music. You, you curly-haired little fuck. Come here. And everyone was like looking. She said, come on stage. You're the one who does the impressions. And I went, oh my God, and I was shaking. And I was like, I can't say no because it's charity. Yeah. Got on stage and she said, right, what are we going to do? And this is nothing planned. I'm going to do three impressions. You do three impressions. And the audience has to guess it. I can't remember what I started. I did go, I started off with Gordon Ramsay and everyone was laughing. I was like, oh, okay. And I know yeah. you. I was, I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. And then I crap, cracked like a slightly homophobic joke out as Donald Trump in a gay bar. And everyone laughed. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And I finished with Tommy Shelby from Peaky Blinders. Only one person guessed who it was because for some reason nobody watches Peaky Blinders. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I've experienced the highs and the lows there. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I, now I know what you, you, you mean now. It's like it was quite infectious. Yeah. You know, laugh and you're like, oh, okay. It's like, it, it's, it's the equivalent of finally driving a car, getting yeah. your license. Yeah. I, like I only got my, my license in early last year, January 2019. And I was wondering to myself, what the fuck was I doing all those years? What was I, 27 when I got my license. Yeah. And I was getting buses everywhere. It's, it's that kind of feeling when you do yeah. a gig. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. That's what it's like. And I, 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 it's just, it'd be a nice sort of social experiment to see what it'd be like with me and you alongside each other. Oh, absolutely. Like, I haven't seen that in a while, see. I went to see, um, it was actually one of the last gigs before everything stopped. I went to see Steve Martin and Martin Short. Yeah. <clears throat> and they were absolutely fantastic. Incredible. They've been, yeah. they've been best mates like since the early seventies, you know, they've yeah. worked with each other um, and the way they bounced off each other was just incredible. But it did like that popped, obviously it popped up in my head. Jesus, you know, hopefully in a few years, in a few years time or a few months time, you know, I mean, it'd definitely be soon. We, yeah. Well, we, I mean, we, we might have to scrap this year, mate. We might have to throw it in the bin. <laughs> unfortunately this year we go in the bin, but, 2021, we could plant the seeds for it, yeah. absolutely. Um, I, I mean, like I said, I'm down for just doing it again out there. Look, we, there might be a gig where we eat shit, but you don't eat shit. You don't eat steak unless you eat shit. And Joe Rogan ate shit a lot. And Bill Beer ate shit a lot. Everyone, everyone's eating shit at some point. The audience I know is going to find you funny, but build that audience of people who understand what you do. Then you, they come to your gigs and then you know you're getting laughed. <laughs> well, so. look. Schaefer, it's been an absolute pleasure. I love yeah, you, man. pal. You're, and you, mate. you're one of the nicest guys I know. You're one of the most talented guys I know. Um, and it's a pleasure working with you like this. It's a pleasure. All the stuff I've done with you, I'm so proud of. Thank it's, you. There are massive highlights yeah. in what I've done. And please, God, in the next couple of years, 
we get to do even bigger things, fingers crossed. Well, I hope I don't die of corona first. Let's get through that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think I'm through it, mate. I yeah. definitely, for someone who has it, I seem very much fine. So Yeah, well, that's good. That's, that's also, that's very good to hear. And I wanted to talk about that, obviously, at the, at the, the top of the yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's podcast. All, I think it's all done, mate. I don't think there's any yeah. chance for you to U-turn, but cheers for having me on, man. And um, look, uh, we're launching our podcast soon because I bought a studio. We'll get you over to Cardiff. Yes. Um, and I got to come over to Dublin as well. I got it. I have gotta, to. Got to um, see Sophia. Yeah, my god, my goddaughter. My goddaughter. <laughs> for anyone who's watching at home, I'm still pissed off that he didn't know me as, <laughs> as the godfather. You, you, and, and and a few other lads. I've don't worry. I've got the brunt of it from a lot of people. <laughs> I wanna have a day with my my daughter's wedding. I know. I'm so unfortunate. I'm fine. There was nothing I could do. I wanted to. I wanted to be. I wanted to be the godfather. And for what? And for what? <laughs> I tell you, that's what we'll do. When the money comes in thick and fast, we'll pay my production team. We'll go abroad somewhere. And we'll do a, a, a trip style thing. That'll be our next project together. Yes, 100%. Steve Rob Bryden, Michael Caine, a reluctant <laughs> paedophile. She was only 15 years old. <laughs> right, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Legend. Hey, take care of yourself, man. You too.